Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers, middle of the week show. We're just going to talk about a bunch of stuff we've got written down, uh, kind of get into the game uh, we just came out of and and look forward to maybe some solutions uh, for the game ahead. Uh, we face the 49ers uh, this coming Sunday in a big NFC matchup um, on a uh, with a team in the Seahawks that is definitely not trending in the right direction. Four or five days later, four days later, we face the uh, the Rams as well. So not an easy go here in the next week mm-hmm. and a half. And we're going to see if we can right the ship here on this show. So welcome in, Keith. Yeah. So this is a ship that needs righted because uh, you lose these next two games. You're sitting at one and four after five games. You're also looking at the fact that you've now got, you would have two in division losses and god that's just a mess um probably you know they could be four games behind uh the rams at that point plus the uh, tiebreaker plus yeah that's it's uh, over at that I point mean, there's not very many over. teams that have ever gone one and four that have that have a won a division b even made it to the playoffs i mean let's yeah. just be realistic here stuff's stuff's happening beyond our control but again uh, it wouldn't be completely uh, off the rails because of just the the quality of teams we faced. I mean, th- those those are going to be tough games, no matter which way you slice it. So yeah, they will they will have faced um, they will have faced five teams, all of which are in the playoff picture. They're 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 all teams that are expected to be playoff teams, and so it just goes to show you the margin of error on this team is just not very high and it, and it hasn't been for a few years but no. particularly right now well and especially on offense because the defense is so bad that the offense can't make a mistake i mean they, they can't um not even we, a three and out like, no, that's it, the kind of mistake that we're talking about is just yeah. basic like Which they, they can't even afford to go three and out they, they have to be able to get at least a couple of first downs so they can flip the field yeah, so they they didn't get they didn't have a three and out in this last game. Um, their all their their drives that failed in the second half were uh, five plays, five plays, and six plays. Um, they they got first downs, not enough. Um, but man, it was just it was such such a mess on the other side of the ball that it didn't matter what the what the offense did. All right, so matter. Keith, do you have an agenda? Like, do you have topics that you really feel like you need to talk about after this game? I mean, Seahawks Twitter out there is crazy. The online communities are just kind of wanting to know, like, what's going on? Is it fixable? Or is this the moment? Is this a moment literally in the franchise that is kind of a transcending moment where we're seeing the beginning of the end? I think that we kind of are. Um, because Pete Carroll is super loyal to a fault. And I think you see, um, his loyalty 
towards Ken Norton Jr. Um, going to be the downfall of and the scheme here. Yes. Um, and I think that's really what it's coming down to and it is becoming a problem. Now, if you look at um, if you look at you know what's going on, you also have Flowers and Reed and Amadi coming out and again saying things to the media against the scheme and how it like they're basically being asked to do things that is causing them to give up all of these receptions and it's it's making it easier for the offense because they're being told you have to go do this don't worry about you know giving up the reception just don't let a guy get behind you and and so by doing what they're being asked to do in the scheme that it's causing a problem and that really comes down to um i mean that, that that's it's a mess but what you're what you're getting there as you have players that are losing you've lost right you've lost the um the faith of the players yeah the, the, the same players. thing the, the 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 weird thing about this whole thing keith is the same exact thing happened last year yeah and that's what makes it egregious for me is you're dealing with a in fact uh I went into the the half season mark last year thinking that definitely absolutely that ken norton jr was gonna this was going to be his last season i'm talking 2020 with yep. the seattle seahawks right and you kind of improved enough where he barely hung on last year well, i don't and know if that's the, true because they didn't kind of improve enough yeah the end of the year like the overall totals didn't seem to be that great but over the last six games they were Arguably the best defense in the league, if not top three, they were number one in. Well, you're certain, were, certainly going to need that transformation right now, mm-hmm. at this moment, in order to save him. I believe. Yeah, I, I. Well, that's the thing is, is that true? I think in order to save him on a normal season in a normal team, yeah, they do need that. They need that transition, but given Pete Carroll and his loyalty and how long he'll stick with things that aren't working. Um, I don't know if that's true. Is, 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 are we saving Ken Norton or would, do we need that to save Ken Norton's job or will the team continue to just make excuses and let Ken Norton be mediocre at his job? And then that was your reply to me. Like when we had a, a private conversation this, this weekend, you, you basically came out and said, yeah, I think we're probably just going to end up, hearing excuses again and i was Mm -hmm. like "Ah, maybe but man there needs to be some accountability going on here and maybe that involves a job or two now i don't think ken norton jr's job is on the line but a guy like trey flowers starting position might be on the line and Um, and it, it probably should be i know in our earlier show this week it sounded like i was defending flowers and i wasn't meaning to i'm saying that there are some things that he's saying when he's criticizing the scheme that aren't wrong, that doesn't mean he's playing well. He's still playing poorly. Um, it's just saying that the things he's saying are, are right. It can be both, but, and, and maybe the, the criticisms of the scheme should have come from someone else, someone who actually was playing decently like DJ Reed, um, who hasn't been playing outstanding, but he's been playing significantly better than Trey flowers. Um, and then and, Ugo Amadi. So Ugo Amadi last year had a great year, I thought. You know, Blair Blair was kind of assigned the starting role in the in the nickel last year. Got injured. Amadi came in, had a great season. 
finished strong, uh, kind of got burned a little bit in the playoffs, but that aside, came in this year as kind of the heir apparent with Blair knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Amadi's a bad player. Like that that's kind of weird to me. Yeah, I mean, like, he got he got eaten up by by Jefferson um in this game. I think that and company. Might just, well, true, but Jefferson especially ate him up. Uh, I think that was a bad matchup. And he and he had him. that public display of affection where he held on oh, God. Uh, off he, the he, line of scrimmage there and really cost us in a bad bad spot there. Yeah, I mean he had a terrible um you know, a, a terrible uh, defensive penalty. holding. Yeah, there was there, but I, I, I mean, I'm willing to at least let him play it uh, out. Oh, no, me too. Absolutely. Um, no, me too. With Flowers, this is year four. Um, he played well as a rookie, and he hasn't played well since. He's just and, proven the fact that he's just not a starting caliber defensive back in the NFL. You know, yeah, which, no, which makes no, the decision. You said to something. Go, I would say it makes the decision to go with him over Witherspoon just really questionable especially in this scheme so you mentioned last show that you thought maybe flowers was a better man-to-man cover guy and, and could belong in a the different scheme and out. actually maybe mature and develop mm-hmm. in in a man cover scheme um where he's not getting that in this the uh, stats from the last two years bear that out in man coverage he's a significantly better player with better stats than in zone coverage in zone coverage he's genuinely bad um and man he's he's we'll say league average well well and i think you know the scroll at the bottom of the screen is where's the physicality on the team and i think the man cover situation for him allows him to be physical allows him to use the the his six two stature or six three 205 207 pounds uh of physicality on those uh wide receivers that he's not able to present at all in a zone situation um okay so let's talk about ken norton jr okay let's like what is i understand the loyalty i really do i admire the loyalty that pete carroll has and it's one of his best qualities it's also one one of of his his worst worst qualities qualities. it's both um Mm. i there are times a couple of years ago chris carson had all those fumbles and pete carroll showed loyalty to him they kept going back to him and then he just had some monster games after that could have turned they could have you know basically turned on him and moved on and been like he doesn't protect the ball and it would have been justified but right now he'd be running over people for another team instead of running over people on seattle's behalf Um, and so that loyalty was great in that situation his loyalty to brian schottenheimer cost this team um opportunities to compete for a super bowl and his loyalty to ken norton jr is going to cost this team uh he let's let's be honest for the most part he hasn't been good at hiring assistants and ken norton jr is just the latest example so a lot of folks point um to the lack of talent really kind of putting um uh john schneider in a corner on this about getting guys into this team and this defense that on paper looked pretty decent to both of us i mean we kind of came into the year and had some fairly lofty predictions well we knew the cornerback situation was bad but we were like it's it's horrible we thought the defensive line could uh make Make up up for for that 
Um, and it hasn't happened in part because some really awkward coaching situation uh, decisions like playing Benson Mayo, um, mm. 63% of the snaps against the run first, um, Titans and Derrick Henry. Yeah. Like that's, well, and then they've had, like you've said, the five man front stuff where they're then having to drop Taylor and Hyder and Mayo and some other guys into, into coverage. pass coverage. Mm-hmm. that have really cost the teams have taken advantage of that um yeah. so any hoodaloo um why don't we do this keith why don't we take a little quick break give give some props to our uh tppn network and our sponsor our sponsor okay so um we're done with week three right week three is in the books we're looking ahead to week four um and you know DraftKings sportsbooks out there it's the official sports betting partner of the nfl um DraftKings is giving away $150 instantly um, when you bet $1 on any football game. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely worth it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use the promo code TPPN. That's, T, you know, the Pigspin Podcast Network, but TPPN to receive $150 in free bets um, when you place a $1 bet on any game. That's promo code TPPN uh, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, you know, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. Uh, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Yay. How about that? I know. So thanks, thanks for reading the ad. I appreciate that. Uh, DraftKings is a great sponsor. Gives us an opportunity to kind of Keep going, uh, have some great graphics, all that kind of stuff. Hopefully more in the future. We'll be able to bring in some some game film and all and talk about all that stuff seemingly when we have time <laughs> to do that. That's the only criteria at this point uh, to being able to do that. Um, so let's get back to, to some of the other things that we kind of wanted to bring into the show uh, and kind of hit on them one after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about, Trey Flowers versus a guy that's they're bringing along slowly. Apparently, he wasn't quite ready to play this week. Although Pete said he probably could have Sidney Jones. Yeah, at some point they they've got to make that transition. They've got to see what they've got in Sidney Jones, um, because he can he be? I mean, can the defense be worse? Sure, it could be worse, but uh, could it get better? Absolutely. And at some point, you've got to start seeing what other guys can do. Um, Sidney Jones, they brought in right at, uh, cut downs and, you know, when the roster was set and he's a guy with a lot of talent and has had a hard time staying healthy in the past, but that doesn't mean the talent's not there, right? It's just been an availability issue. Well, he's healthy now. He's learning the system. He's coming from Jacksonville where they played a similar style of defense for, um, some of his time there. And I at some point you've got to just go in and see what you've got. Um, DJ Reed was the mid, the mid year, you know, switch last year, they got him in there and he turned out to be pretty good. So go, go see what you've got with, um, you know, with them and, and sorry, Trey flowers, you're not wrong with your criticizing the scheme, but you're not playing well, even within your role. Um, and so, 
go find out, is Sidney Jones the answer? Is he a guy that can come in and make this defense better? Yeah. Well, let's let's switch gears a little bit and let's get over to the offensive side of the ball and talk about maybe some of the things that are going right. It's we can and and we have. We've talked a lot um the last show and then this show about everything that's kind of going wrong, but there are certain things that we can kind of take away that we can build on. And some of those things are on the offensive side of the ball. I think so far this year, uh, when given the opportunity, uh, Russell Wilson is doing a great job. I am concerned a little bit about the opportunities though, in second halves of games and Shane Waldron in trying to extend drives with plays maybe that are a little too ambitious and they need to kind of play within the offensive design a little bit better. But I think they can work those things out. And then you've got individual performances by Lockett and Metcalf and Carson, I think, that are really kind of highlight, you know, the way that the offense is designed and able to work. Carson really is running the ball hard. Yeah, no, Carson had a great game. Uh, in fact, it was it was really disappointing that uh, in the second half that things turned out the way they did where, you know, the lead disappeared and the number of possessions were non-existent and all of that because Carson was doing he was running so hard and it was so productive uh, in that first half that would have been nice to just have the team kind of lean on him a little bit in the second half and to just milk the clock away and, and, and uh, run up the score a little bit while, while just making the clock evaporate on him. Um, that would have been fun, but it just, the game didn't happen that way. And, and the team had to go away from it. Um, Lockett's been great. They got Metcalf involved early instead of waiting till the second half to get him involved and get him his stats. They got him involved early. And, and, and without forcing it. I mean, he was open. I mean, he was just making some plays. He was. Um, great players make plays, and that's what he did. And uh, it was one of those things where, it, again, it's really too bad that we didn't get to see more of it in the second half. But the, the team only had three drives in the second half. The defense just could mm. not get off the field. Um, but I don't want to talk about the defense. Let's stay with the, with the offense. Yeah, well, let's um, stay with the offense. I know that you want to talk about some offensive linemen really quick. I do because um, the technically the third string right tackle played most of the game, and that would be Jake Curran, um, the undrafted rookie who came in um, after Jamarco Jones went out. Um, so Jones played the first two series. Curran came in and played the rest of the game. He looked pretty good. Um, made a couple of mistakes, wasn't great, you know, wasn't perfect. Um, but for an undrafted rookie in you know his third game, really his first his first action uh, as a pro, I thought he looked pretty good. And it's one of those things where this could be a situation where if Shell doesn't come back quick, you know, Kern could come in and you know kind of solidify himself as the right tackle of the future which wouldn't be a bad thing for the Seahawks. Who's well, at least the playing experience right now is not, not hurting them, you know, at this point, he hasn't hurt them. He hasn't hurt them and getting him reps, uh, you know, is only a good thing because he'll get better with more practice and more reps and, and him getting a chance to show and say, Hey, look, I, I'm worthy of a starting spot. Uh, if he can, if he can make that statement, which he looked like he was going to be able to during the preseason, but now it's a real, it's the real thing. So we'll see. But if he can make that statement, that answers some big questions going into the offseason where both of their starters are going to be free agents and their uh, swing tackle, who happens to be on IR and is due to come off it here in a couple of weeks, yeah. um, 
is all three of those guys are are on expiring contracts. So if Curran yeah. can come in and say and and just solidify one of those sides, so they only have to worry about the other side, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I know that Pete Carroll came out and, and mentioned Abuahe as far as a decision is going to need to be made um, as far as whether they bring him back right now or not. And then um, Kim Dietschy has been playing a lot, but he's used up his three times elevated off the practice squad, and they're going to have yeah. to make a decision this week on yeah. Kim Dietschy, whether he makes the active roster or he's he's cut. Um, other injury situations they are counting on d eskridge to be available this week which is great news although freddie swain has been doing an admirable job mm-hmm. kind of holding down the fort in that third spot i think he's you know he's actually shown that he's he's capable um of either that third or fourth spot i am interested to find out that how dynamic eskridge really does look against pro caliber defenses mm-hmm. um because that re- little element of speed there could really add some nice change of pace to this offense. Well, and it makes the it makes the uh, wide receiver position instead of three deep, it becomes four deep. And having that fourth guy could um, that out there could really make a difference for them. Um, not just you know, yeah, he's a different type of player, but just to have a fourth good receiver that you can count on uh, makes a difference. Um, I know that you know uh, Hart got a few um, plays in there, and that one. It looked like he might maybe had a touchdown and the ball's a little underthrown, but yeah, you know, right. if that goes if that goes to anyone else who has a shot at you know catching the ball through contact, they probably uh, they might get might have gotten a touchdown there. But I, you know, throwing it to Hart was Penny Hart five eight one one eighty is yeah is, yeah okay. And so that was that was you know what it was. But I, yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I, I think that getting Eskridge back would be great. Um. But really what they need, I mean, this is a team that just they they've got a lot of weapons. And how do you and, how do you feel like about um Collins and Penny? Like I, I as part of this, you know, Penny's got this this calf thing. Um Pete Carroll called him out and Brandon Shell as being questionable this week, which means one or both is likely not to come back. Mm-hmm. Um Rashad Penny's like been available for maybe 20 27 or whatever out of 50 possible games or less um you know uh, i'm just really just don't don't even know at this point rashad penny has never helped us collins has been fine right i think so Uh, he's been he's been fine he's been good he had that one um big run early last week and then he had a couple runs in this one um He's, you just know, though, as soon as we let him <coughs> go, that he's going to land on some team and like explode for 175 yards or some wackadoo total and stuff. But you know, oh, at some point, you've got to give up on him. He's got the talent. He's got the talent. If he, when healthy, he is a very good back. The problem is the when healthy part, and that seems to be never. Um, it I is mean, a prosize situation. It just is. We've held on to prosize for four years. It felt based like on 30. one or two games of production. Like yeah, he had you two, know, he had a game in three quarters his rookie season where he looked outstanding before yeah. getting hurt, and he never really got healthy after that, and was never a ever a factor in yeah. Seattle's plan. Um, All right, so I wanted to end the show a little bit on 
just how hard it is to win in the NFL and particularly the NFC West. Mm-hmm. Arizona Cardinals, um, they beat Jacksonville and are now 3-0. and uh, Of course, Jacksonville is Jacksonville, whatever. They're 3-0. Jackson- and Jacksonville is Kyler Jackson- Murray looks great. Jacksonville is Jacksonville, but it took a couple of late scores by Arizona to beat Jacksonville. Uh, I for, winning's hard in the NFL. Winning's hard in the NFL, and Jacksonville's one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they almost upset Arizona. Mm. Um, but the Rams against Tampa Bay that was really impressive. Rams, Rams are three and zero, and look yeah. like they're the clear cut favorites in the NFC right now. Yeah, they're they are statistically the best team in the NFC. Um, and there's no one really all that close to them. Uh, they're playing great which, football. Which I hate to admit. Football. I really do hate I mean, to admit that. Me too. But we kind of knew that this was who they were. I mean, they've got the best defensive player in the league and Aaron Donald up front. They've got Ramsey on the back end who's... Um, and now they have a quarterback. Yeah, and they've got a quarterback and they've got a couple of wide receivers. And I mean, Cooper Cup's just having a monster year. Mm. Um, and so they're a very tough team. Now, um, I've been saying this since the preseason this is a team that's very top heavy in their talent they don't have a ton of depth and especially on places like running back and the offensive line and wide receiver and um this is a this is a ship that's going to look very good early and can you know maybe sink a little bit later um depending on injuries because they don't have depth anywhere on that roster um, and it, so we'll see if they can keep this going, but if that, if that roster stays healthy, it's as good as you'll find in the NFL. So, um, the 49ers did end up falling to green Bay. I really thought that the 49ers were going to win that game. Um, even though I don't like green Bay, I am glad that they won that game because any little teeny margin in our own division is better than green Bay losing. So, um, yeah, see, I thought Green it's Bay t- was going to win that game. Yeah, I know it was it was it was a close game. You know, I was really I have to admit, I was really impressed by Jimmy Garoppolo. Played a good game. Played a good had a good final drive to get them in a position to win the game. And their defense gave up three points in thirty seven seconds to Aaron Rodgers. Um, but nonetheless, Garoppolo got them down the field and a nice drive and completed a pass to Kittle to in the end zone to, to get that over the top. It was kind of like the, um, uh, in during Russell Wilson's rookie year, the Atlanta playoff game when, you know, they were down yeah, and right. they were down, they were down by a lot at one point. Wilson played like his played lights out and got him back into the game, got him a lead with 30 seconds left and the defense gave it up. And Matt Ryan came back. Yep. And so it seemed very, very reminiscent of that. Very, very similar. Yeah. Uh, in but that now we're behind. dealing with yeah. we're, we're dealing with a division with two three and O teams and a two and one team, and we go into the two and one teams house this next week. Mm-hmm. So, looking ahead just a little bit, the Keith, next two games are so big, and we can face the Rams on Thursday night football after this yeah. Sunday. It's like who scheduled that? That's a brutal lineup by any. Um, because that game was always going to be marquee and here you have seattle you know they're 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 at home that's the saving grace they've got to win one of these two games they have to 
or this season could be over before it even begins. Yeah, if it dropped, well, I mean, it's it's begun and it's gone poorly. Well, you know what um, I mean. But, they've got a shot go, still, but man, against two of the toughest teams in the NFC. Yeah, they've got to go. They've got to win at least one because if they are two and three against with the schedule they've had and all the road games and their Thursday night game um, mixed in here and just five really good teams that they and had these to are play. inside the division. Yep, <laughs> yeah, um, so, these so, games couldn't be any bigger. Yeah, so if they if they're two and three at the end of this, you go like, okay, we can play that off. They can go on a run and 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 and, and you get themselves the division or a playoff spot. If they're one and four with both of those losses and four losses in a row and all of that, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, well, pack I had it them in. in my prediction show. I had them going five and zero. Oh. I know you. You did. were you were like three and two, I believe. I did. And um, you were much more realistic than I was. Well, I had them losing against um, Minnesota, and you gave me a huge pile of crap about that. <laughs> yes. Well, and rightly so at the time. Here we were, you know, we thought we were going to be on paper. We were paper tigers this is basically what it, what it amounts to, at least at this mm-hmm. point. Um, I mean, so far. Uh, the offense is still good. The offense is still the offense is good enough to win the division. The defense is bad enough where they can't win against Detroit. That's I don't want to hear that. Let's <laughs> not lose against Detroit. Um, so like defensively, I was looking at, at some of these numbers. Um 30th in rushing yards per game. Um 20 or they have zero interceptions overall um 30 last last in last in the league in first downs per game given up um i mean it's 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 not pretty there's there's so many different things that you could go through how do they write the ship keith what do they need to do i mean we're not gonna we're not gonna preview the 49er game we're gonna do that on on thursday friday but what do they really need to do in these next couple games to get this thing back to this team has a lot of pride. So anybody that's giving up on a Pete Carroll run team, just doesn't understand the Pete Carroll thing and Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner and uh, Adams and Diggs. These guys are premier athletes and one of the best at overcoming adversity and just being like consummate professionals, this team will not lie down. Well, and that's one of the things I, they need to either have that players only meeting um, where they get in and, and, and vent some stuff out, or they need to do what they did last year. And they had that accountability meeting where the coaches and them got together and they just, they, they went through, Hey, what's your responsibility here? You know, like what is this, what's your, what's your job, go do your job and just, um, and that was part of getting things turned around last year, and they need something like that. Now, should they need that? No. I think that's a coaching problem. It's a communication problem from the top down, um, starting with with Norton. And starting there with to- Pete Carroll, let's be honest. I mean, well, Pete Carroll does deserve a little bit of criticism. Oh, sure, I'm not on the Pete Carroll needs to be canned no. bandwagon. Um, I want to let the season play out completely and, and come to – figure that out but with um the reason why i stay with norton is because pete carroll's messaging his what he says what he does has not changed right at all 
what changed was who is designing the scheme, call, not just calling the plays, but um, designing the scheme, teaching that scheme to the position coaches who can then teach it to the players. And that's where this is being, where this is breaking down and not, not and happening because that level from Norton to the position player or to position coaches to the players, it isn't getting from Norton to the players. And we haven't seen that in a Pete Carroll team until Norton became the defensive coordinator. Um, and that is that's a problem. An indictment. Yeah. That's an indictment. Yeah. And, it, and we've seen it two years in a row. This is not something that's happened in just three games. No. This is something that's happened twice now over two seasons. He was able to write it one time. He's got a, a different personnel group this time, but enough consistency there where he's, he's this should a, not be happening. He's got a, he's got a lot of talent compared to last year. I mean, yes, cornerback is, is, is weaker and, and that, but his defensive front, his front four, um, is significantly more talented with the, um, you know, the guys that he's got and Kerry Hyder in there and, and, um, Mm-hmm. Daryl Taylor healthy and Robinson in second, second year, Robinson. year and, yep. and there's a lot of talent there that he didn't have available last year and he was able to make it work with less talent so what's going on this year um, mm. he's he's got to figure it out it comes down to he ha- Ken Norton needs to figure out how to get the most out of the talent on his roster and right now he's not doing it and to me, it comes down to they've got to do something, whether, like I said, whether it be a team-only meeting or that, or shift in, um, in in what what their their philosophy is, and going away from the cover three mm-hmm. and going to cover two, and and some of these things that will allow the players to just perform better at, at the jobs that are being handed to them. Um, it, it, all of the, those... the biggest job that a defensive coach, any coach, can have is putting their players in a position to be successful absolutely and if, and if that means you know switching some guys up sydney sydney jones comes in or they change the scheme around a little bit to help mm-hmm. the players adapt to something that they're better at yeah. um, that they can work together as a group at um then then they need to do it but boy it needs to happen quickly because whatever is happening now is not sustainable it's not working so they've got to change it. It's got to change. It absolutely so we'll needs see. to change. And we'll right. see what happens. If they if if Ken Norton and Pete Carroll don't make changes on mm. defense, both in personnel and in uh like scheme, this is a team that's gonna be one in four and is going to be it's just it's a mess and they're gonna tailspin because you go to one and four after you know, four players, players, you start that, losing players. You're you're going to start losing players. You're going to start seeing guys, especially Not, on defense. Yeah, that'll tune um, out. They'll just they'll, tune yeah. out. Yep, and you'll never get it back. Uh, and once you start losing the locker room, the best thing that an organization can do is fire a coach and get someone in there who uh, the players will listen to again. I mean, I really honestly do believe that they're going to write this ship. I just do. I'm mean, Pete Carroll's got a tremendous track record of making sure stuff gets handled and corrected and so forth. So I, I do need to put my faith into that right now until I'm proven wrong, but yep, it, it is, it's not pretty. So, okay, let's get out of here. <laughs> 
Let's get out of here. Let's um, do it. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at MW Seahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all the good stuff. Uh, find us on your favorite podcast app and YouTube and hit the subscribe button because uh, that way we land in your feed every week and you don't have to search for us every single time. So until the next time, Keith, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.